0: seven four Tango Whiskey for twenty six for three thousand, one four zero uh, on heading.
1: welcome to frequent flyer it is i don't know what it is today friday february 19th 2021 a friday night edition of the show first time i've done a real show in what weeks at this point it's been a been a hot minute done a uh, did a couple ones with uh, anthony earlier um interviewing whoever the hell we interviewed earlier this week but first time we've had a real show in, in a while and it's a packed house tonight uh manny is here manny how you doing excellent as always gentlemen how are you uh, sick of the snow and uh mike Acito is back mike
2: t-g-i-f motherfuckers it's great to be <laughs> with you tonight <laughs> and uh
1: nick the freelancer is joining us nick how are you doing Greetings.
3: Good to be with you
1: boys tonight. It, it is. And, uh, yeah. We got new intro. I told the guys before, but we got a new intro. You may have noticed. Third show, third time we changed the intro. Song, uh, For the Wind by Light the Lamp. You can check out their new single, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find music, it is there. Light the Lamp, P.A. on Twitter. They do all of our intro music, so we always thank them uh, very much for letting us borrow their songs. It's a great one. I believe they have a new EP coming out soon as well, so check all that out everybody. And as for this show, we got to talk about the Flyers, unfortunately. 8-3 three, and 3. They the the Philadelphia Phantoms returned last night uh for their bout against the Rangers and it was fine. They came out swinging. They looked pretty good the first period and then they pulled the typical Flyers and very boring second and third period. I lost interest quite a few times throughout that game. Just by the end, I was like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? I want to go to bed. (laughs) But it was was fine, all things considered. Uh, The power play sucks, which has been a constant theme. They're still getting outshot, which has been a constant theme. And, uh, yeah, Mike, we'll start with you. How did you feel about the game last night and their return to action?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Dan, uh, they started out, fairly well i mean with with knack getting that real greasy goal up front and the rest of the game was pretty much a snooze fest until young beezer buried uh, the tying goal in the third there and then uh we had our typical shootout loss but one of the things that we saw in this game that has been uh, a systemic problem for this team is the lack of shots the flyers only had 22 shots in 65 minutes rangers had 33 shots And that is becoming a consistent theme as we are seeing throughout this season. The 12th time in
1: 14 games they've been outshot. Unacceptable. Their power play is even worse. They were all for five last night, which you can kind of give them a pass for a bit considering like four or five of their usual forwards are out of the lineup. But all for five is unacceptable. And they're 0 for 9 in their last two games. They're 2 for 23 in their last seven games dating back to January 28th. And they're just 9 for 47 on the season. Not great. And three of those nine came in the first two games against Pittsburgh. (laughs) So this power play is just a complete wet fart. Like, they're not even getting. This is not. Them getting set up and they're trying real hard, but the bounce is just... They're not even getting into the zone. They're spending half the time. It looks like they're in a goddamn penalty kill. You know, this is brutal
0: to watch this year. Can we take a page out of the uh, NFL's book? You know, the NFL did a relatively good job dealing with, you know, COVID and everything. And I think that uh, the the NHL should, uh, at least the Flyers, should also adopt something that the NFL teams do. They should decline penalties because (laughs) it is not an advantage for this team at all. Not even on a five-on-three, they look bad. Uh, I I thank God I didn't watch this game yesterday because it sounded like, uh, you know, better than Adderall. Um, Just putting you right to sleep. Um, I, it was either going to be a public execution or was going to be a dullard of a, of a game like it was yesterday. Um, first of all, it was on TVAS, some Quebec station. How do all you flyer guys in Pennsylvania and Jersey get to watch this game? And I'm in Canada, and I don't even get to watch this game, and it's a Quebec station. Drives me mental.
3: You guys birthed the sport. You should be able to watch every game.
2: I know. Should. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 funny you mentioned that because for for years now, I've I've thought that the Flyers do look better at five on five than on the than on the power play for some reason, which is weird because the other team seems to just get into like a defensive mode where they can just shoot the puck down the ice and ice the hell out of it and not worry about a damn thing. And the Flyers have no remedy for that. So it's actually better at five on five when the other team is taking chances in their zone so it opens up more space for them as asked backwards as that sounds that seems to be what we're seeing
3: the air power play was uh pretty poo in the uh, bubble correct yeah they went two for like 90 or whatever <laughs> yeah. and then it, and then it was uh pretty mediocre during the regular season last year i mean i know it was a had a big gap in the middle there but the power play really wasn't like top 10 right I don't
1: believe. I think it was so.
2: around number ten. I mean, actually, maybe like top half. But you're They're right. They're only
3: it number so eighteen long. right now. So why do they keep bashing ahead against the wall and expecting something to change? Like, because uh,
1: Michelle Terry's back there, who's seven hundred years old and doesn't know anything any different.
3: It's ridiculous. Like, why? And people on Twitter keep trying to tell us all that things are fine, but when the same things keep happening over and over and over again. This was not, not
1: one fine. game. This was not no. a one game, you know, Lehigh Valley Phantoms are playing. Hell, if anything, I was glad that I saw some new faces in the power play, and that still didn't change anything. No. But, yeah, I don't know. This this is a problem. And I don't know if it's coaching or players or, or, or what the fuck is going on. But it just it, nothing's going right at all. So I don't know how you remedy this situation besides getting the fuck, you know, rid of Michelle Terry and... And adding a player to, in the off season that, you know, are power play specialists. You know, because cause this JVR fellow, I mean, he's doing his damnedest out there this year. Got to give him some credit. But, you know, as I alluded to on other shows, like, when JVR is leading your team, that's probably not great. You know, you probably have some serious issues somewhere else. And the, well, the lack of is, offense anywhere is just, it's bad right now.
2: Well, I think the thing is, is that they solely rely on the deflections for scoring like there's no other method of putting the puck in the neck you need to shoot it from the point and hope it deflects off of like six players shin pads and then magically hits JVR's stick blade and goes between the goalie's legs and that that can be one method of scoring but you need to do so many other things and the flyers were starting to do this i think a little bit last season was to kind of get the play behind the net and use the guy behind the net as somebody uh, to kick the puck out Hold on, I'm tweaking my mic.
3: <laughs> I heard that too. I heard that. It stopped on our on my end, Dan.
1: I uh... yeah, Mike
3: I, Mike. I agree that the uh, the power play is so one dimensional, and their offensive game this year, including the bubble, is so one dimensional. They're just a perimeter team. No one really goes to the dirty area until you have a minute left on the clock and your goalie's pulled, and that's why you keep seeing them barely touch 30 shots a game and barely have any consistent high threat chances because they're just always on the perimeter. Their power play is always like back around the boards one way than the other. Let's try this side. Nope. Back around the other side. And it's just, or the JVR, I'm sorry, the Voracek to Giroud, you know, cross ice pass that never works.
0: Or the Voracek or Provorov, you know, backwards pass through the neutral zone. You know back across your own blue line, which I always go like, guys, the net is the other way. get some mm-hmm. urgency, get the puck in there. get mm-hmm. the puck, retrieve it, set up. No, they're just fooling around in their own zone and you know in the in the neutral zone instead of actually coming up with a you know a game plan and skating the puck up the ice. Mm-hmm. It's just frustrating like and, and again at, like to Dan's point, it's it's coaching. I think it's also the players too. Um, and again, it, it's always Provorov, but I don't see anybody else doing anything either. Uh, other than as as Mike said, you know, JVR deflects a puck, you know, by accident, um, or goes off his you know hip or, or something and goes into the net. But I mean, start to switch things up. Put two D men out there. You know, do do something. Uh, you know, why did they get this Gustafsson fella? Because like, you know, he's supposed to help the power play. He's never really out there for the power play. Yeah, that's the one thing
1: I noticed as well. He, he takes shifts every once in a while. And for what it's worth, that's the only thing he does well. He is very good at getting the puck on net from the point. Like, Shane Gossesbear, like, wishes he was as good as Eric Gosseson when it comes to that part of his game. You know, usually Ghost is firing him into the shin pads or 10 feet wide. At least Gus isn't as good at getting a net, but he's very rarely ever out there for the power play because you can't trust the fucker if he goes the other way, right? So it's a kind of catch-22 scenario with him. So,
2: And I look at other teams as well. Sorry to interrupt, Dan. I look at, um, you know, other teams when I look at their power plays, especially... Colorado, just because they have so many snipers on that team. But there's so much movement in front of the net and in the slot areas. You're always seeing players go left, right, frontwards, backwards to try to create space and pull defenders out ever so slightly to open up those shooting lanes. You have to have that sort of thing inside of the ice. You can't just, I mean, as Nick alluded to, they're just constantly going around the perimeter all the time. And you can't do that because it allows... All the defensemen just to stay in one place. They don't have to do anything but wait and watch, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really one of the problems. From a, I guess from like a strategic standpoint, is they're not moving at all. They're just kind of waiting around.
1: It's the problem with the same people on the same team. How for how many years has Voracek and Giroux been on the same wings doing the same thing? You know, mm-hmm. it happened with Shane Gossesburg too. Like when Gossesbury first debuted and he was new and nobody knew who he was and he was ripping fucking one-timers from the point game after game and all those overtime goals and all this and all that. Phenomenal. Like 30 games in, he was found out. Everybody knew he was there and he's never been able to adapt since. But he's been mm-hmm. trying for five years, right? And it's kind of the same thing. You know Giroux's over there. The only person that get away from you know, staying on the left circle and being uncovered for the rest of time will be Alex Ovechkin, right? He's the only person that can get away with that shit. Everybody else knows everybody's there, you know? It's just, it's stale. The same players are there that have been there for 10 years now. It's just, you you need new players and you need a new coach that's capable of coming up with some goddamn ideas. Mm Because it is just, it is stale all the way through right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at some of the power plays of really good teams, like I'm even going back to like the late 90s and even early 2000s, like you go to like St. Louis Blues, Brett Hall could just set up shop for that one timer right at the circle, just like Alex Ovechkin does. But if he doesn't shoot it, you got a guy like Al McInnes on the Mm -hmm. back end, that hard slap shot, right? He was always in the hardest shot competition. You also had Chris Pronger, who would not be afraid to fire the puck on net as well. You look at, you know, a much more recent example. You look at, uh, you know, teams, uh, again, Washington Capitals. Ovechkin is a shooter. Backstrom is an assist guy. He's not going to fire the puck, but Carlson will fire the puck. (laughs) You know, they got more than one shooter in the perimeter areas that's not in the, the net front guy. Which JVR is so? Other than Provorov, who again, and he doesn't fire the puck enough. But I mean, Vorchek's a pass first guy. Giroux is a pass first guy. I mean, who else you got? Konechny, eh, not really He's a shooter shot. Can't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and he shouldn't even be out there on the power play one, anyways. But you know, who who's it going to be? Who's the shooter? They don't have the shooter.
3: Yeah. I think the key word is, is dynamic for all these good power plays. Even though Ovi sets up in that circle and he has a shot from God, these power plays are moving and they're dynamic where you all have said, like, all right, here's a little here's a little radius on one side, Drew. Don't you dare leave it. And on the other side, Vorchek, don't you dare leave this half circle. And that's it. No one's moving. There's no moving pieces. There's no shooters. It's just mundane.
1: They tried so long to produce offense from the point and the point only right Mm -hmm. it's whoever's back there responsibility to produce the offense to take the shot that jvr is eventually going to tip right like that's their entire battle plan and it has been for years and years and for quite a while it was working when Delzado was back there you know it was fine but like christ almighty you gotta have a second game plan in your book here you know they're fucking power play one page get it back to Provorov, who fires and hits jvr if you can't do that you're fucked right like that's where they're at right now you just god damn they're so boring like i said it during the playoffs like when i on my couch here in allentown pennsylvania can watch the fucking tv and know exactly who they're gonna pass to and when they're gonna take the shot you think other teams don't know when they're gonna do the same thing If I can Mm -hmm. figure it out, they know goddamn well what's going to happen. Like, come on! This isn't that hard, right?
3: It's really hard. The the puck movement is so slow, too, and deliberate. Or at least the Capitals, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving. They get Ovechkin open, bang. They're picking it out of the back of their net.
0: Yeah. When you watch Colorado and some of these elite um, power play teams, they do, they move the puck quickly because defensively, listen, it's four against five Mm -hmm. and you've got a lot of ice to cover. You got chances are you got more than one guy that you got to keep an eye on out there. And if you're going slow and really deliberate and you're telegraphing your passes, then you're actually giving the penalty killers a rest, And that's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, wear them out you're supposed to tire them out keep them guessing move the puck with you know purpose and frenzy and speed and you're always going to have one guy open it's just math it's four against five there's going to be one guy that should be open at all times if not you're doing something wrong you're Mm. not moving and that's not good you need to be able you've got guys that can pass jake voracek i'm not his biggest fan but the guy can pass the puck and if you have a guy who's open, he'll get the puck on that guy's stick. But he's got to work to get open. And a lot of it is just let's watch the guy with the puck. Let's see what he does with it. Instead of everybody on that ice, on that you know power play saying, give me the puck. I want it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to take my shot. I'm going to do something with it. Instead, it's just it's too passive, way too passive.
2: I think it's just lazy. It, it's just they hope. You know, they had some success with JVR in front of the net. They say, oh, hey, we just got to throw the puck on the net. and Look, he'll just tip it in. Why don't we just do that all the time? And, and that's kind of the mentality. They don't have that kind of mentality to say, look, we need the movement. We need a lot of one-timers and we need to be crisp. Um, I, I think they need that lesson in arithmetic, Manny. Maybe you can head on over be a math teacher for him for a little bit. Five is greater than four. I mean, I didn't know that. They don't know that. So, I mean, somebody's got to tell them so <laughs> well and here's some other math
0: that uh some i want if pliers puck sauce is listening robert Hag has more goals than jeff skinner this year think about that
1: oh hopefully we don't I get, don't get like canceled I'm talking to other people on these shows right now we're not gonna get canceled speak for your <laughs> fucking self but uh well, what? robert Hag, uh may notice he's hitting a lot harder lately, too, for what it's worth? There have been quite a few good checks he's putting out. I don't know. I know physicality in hockey doesn't matter anymore, but uh, just things I've noticed. Um, but, yeah. Nadi! It was the the debut of Shushko last night. Uh, Kosh is back. And... Shushko had some mistakes in the first period, but otherwise I didn't notice him all that much. <laughs> he only played five minutes of ice time. That's probably why I didn't notice him. Uh, Kasha, 10-58. looked good. He had a goal. That kid, man, he's got a fucking hell of a shot. Uh, it once I think once everything starts clicking for him, he could be a real dangerous uh, real dangerous forward up there. But Hayes was good. Took a couple stupid penalties. But uh, yeah, like I said, it was just a—it was a pretty boring. It was like a Flyers Devils game versus a Flyers Rangers game last night, and um, I think I want to touch upon Nolan Patrick. This is kind of his opportunity to step up and, you know, kind of thrust back in the lineup this year. Looked good out of the gate in the Pittsburgh series, as did most of the team, and then that fell off a cliff too. But yeah, uh, I don't really know what to make of him right now. He just kind of exists. He's been a good pair of hands. But nothing more than that. He's almost more like a Michael Roffel-esque player right now than he is, say Claude Giroux, right? He's just a guy you can put out there. He's not going to make all out of snakes. Not going to do anything wrong, but he just kind of exists, you know. I, 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 I get it. He's one of he and Lin are The players I give the benefit of the doubt to right now. They're still getting their shit together, but. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting that this is where his play falls, and I wonder if this is where he kind of finds his niche as a player, you know, kind of that third-line, fourth-line center role, you know, where he is capable of chipping an offense now and again, but just being a good, solid pair of hands, because that was kind of his M.O., you know, coming out of junior. So he was not going to be this elite-level player versus just a really good, you know, a good hockey player, good, sound player. So I wonder if this is more of the Nolan Patrick we're going to see in the future.
2: I think that it could be, Dan. I don't know if he's doing himself any favors, given that he's in a contract year right now. Um, you know, you probably want to be noticed when doing you're on the, fly the ice. Doing the Flyers a favor. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, when you're in a contract year, you have to try to do everything you can to shine. And I see him skating out there, and I'm mean, like you said, Dan, he's not doing anything specifically egregiously wrong. But he's not really making any of those you know, nice passes. He's certainly not scoring. I, he's not, I don't really know what he's doing. He's just kind of floating in space during his shift. There were opportunities last night that I saw, and I see him do this a lot, is he has a decision. There's like a line change, right? And he can either push forward and chase after a puck to potentially create a scoring opportunity, or he can pull back and just retreat back to the bench. And more often than not, I see him just say, you know what, I'm just going to let it go i going to retreat back to the bench, let somebody else do it. And, like, I'm seeing that all the time with him in these games. And that's something that is really concerning for him because I'm looking for him to take that next step.
0: You know what? For me, Nolan Patrick, I agree with everything that both of you have said. And you do want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, listen, I, I don't dislike the guy. I, I thought it was the right move when they, when they drafted him um but he literally is a ham and cheese sandwich (laughs) with no mustard on it no mayo no pickle and it's brown bread on top of it it's not even like the tastier white bread but anyways he does um, have the
2: lettuce though so (laughs) yeah he's got
0: iceberg no nutritional value whatsoever um but basically with nolan patrick I mean, listen, I want to give him every benefit of the doubt. He's coming off, you know, a year and a half plus of not playing, you know, migraine disorder, the whole thing. At the same time, this is a real issue that the Flyers always need to kind of think about. Um, We're quarter of the way through the season, and I know the Flyers haven't played the quarter of the games because they've missed so many because of COVID. But Chuck Fletcher's always got to be looking at, okay, it is a contract year, as Mike alluded to. What do we sign this guy for? Do we want to sign him? Do you trade him? Is there a trade market for him? Probably not. But at the same time, can he be added to something to bring something else in uh in a position of need like defense? If you can throw him in with something else and a draft pick, um, you know, can you get something in return? And I think that the knee-jerk reaction of the fans on Twitter is to get no! the can't right. trade
1: anybody, Panny. What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Yeah, no, it's the <laughs> Nolan Patrick revenge tour. You can't. <laughs> what a revenge tour. He's he's basically invisible for the most part. Um, it's like it's like he's hiding in the closet, but only you know nobody's even in the same house as uh, for him to enter. But um, listen, Chuck Fletcher's got to be honest in his assessment. An assessment of players, regardless of the situation, has to be ongoing. Every game, every week, every month, and then at the midpoint, end point, quarter point, three three quarters point of the season, you got to always look at, okay, how's this guy doing? What can we do with him? Are we putting him in a spot where he can succeed? If not, is it better? Do we move him? Do we keep him? Do we sign him? What do we do with this guy? And I think Nolan Patrick's being, I don't want to call him a problem. I think his situation uh, is problematic for the Flyers. He doesn't have trade value at the moment. He's not lighting the world on fire at the moment. You know, you feel bad because you want to give him every opportunity to succeed and get through what he's going through. Totally, totally get it. At the same time, I, I'm i sorry, I don't want him as a 3C. If this guy is going to top out as a 3C, I am not interested at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was not supposed to be a 3C. This guy was supposed to be, you know, at the very least a very good 2C, a pretty good 2C, like a, a top 10 2C kind of guy. Um, and he's not that. He's not that right now. He hasn't shown any inkling of getting there. And I, I I don't want to keep re-signing guys where you go, well, yeah, but now you can sign him for a deal. and it, But at the same time, it's about value. It's about what he brings to the table. You can sit there and say you want Scott Lawton back. And that's fine, but you can't bring Scott Lawton back and give him a raise and keep Shane Goss a spare yes. and yep. JVR yep. and all of these other guys because again, it's math. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. It won't add up to eighty-one point five million. It doesn't. And and unfortunately, Nolan Patrick again, what's he going to want? He's not going to sign another eight hundred thousand, you know, eight seventy-five K deal. Eight seventy-four, Manny. Eight seventy-four. Whatever, whatever it is. You know, he's going to want a million. And again, a million's not a lot, but still, what's he bringing? I don't want him as a 3C. He needs to be more. I'll give him some more time, but he
1: needs to do more. God, the day they trade in this fan base is going to lose their shit, and I'm going to be all here for it.
3: Yes. You don't get drafted second overall to be the third center. And he wasn't – he was Hextall's pick, right? He's not Fletcher's pick. So I'm sure, like, Fletcher doesn't – feel as much allegiance to him as if, like, if Hexhall were to still be here, God forbid. Um, I'm sure he could at least move him at least once. I mean, if Galchenyuk can get traded five times, Nolan Patrick can certainly get traded at least once. And I'm all for moving him. I, I, I know the guy went through headache problems last year, but at what point in the last three years has he shown that he's a dynamic number two overall pick? He hasn't. So get the fuck out. Go out there with your little buddy, connect me, and bring me uh, Jack Eichel. I've seen the Jack Eichel rumors again. Oh, we'll touch on that. Don't worry. Okay, good. We'll, 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 we'll get you know. there. Oh. All right. So <laughs> you guys talk about trades? Put him in the Jack Eichel move. Bye-bye. I'll drive you to Buffalo. This is the
1: part of Chuck Fletcher that, that concerns me a little bit, you know, is, is his player evaluation he wants to do. His lack of anything this summer. Or offseason, I guess it was fall more likely, but you know, that really kind of made me worrisome because you know, he didn't do a lot of anything spectacular in Minnesota. And when it comes to somebody like Nolan Patrick, and we'll touch upon the, the Kateri and Eichel in a minute, but he, you know, he, when he's contract up, he's going to be in the same scenario. You know, do you sign this guy? eight years at $8 million, and, you know, end up paying a 38-year-old Sean Gutierrez $8 million for multiple years. Like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Same thing with Patrick. Do you just keep, do you sign this guy for three years at, you know, $1.1 million and just lock him in and be nothing? Or do you try and capitalize while he's, theoretically got some value as the untapped potential bullshit. You know, Partner him with Lawton at the deadline. Go find yourself a middle-of-the-road defenseman. Let Bunneman and Kasha handle the bottom six roles with Raffle, and you fucking move on with your life, right? Like, you have a whole AHL team right now that is filled with bottom sixers one day. you know, There's no reason to hold on to anybody in particular, and if Patrick isn't going to show up, then fuck him. Right? I don't give a shit yes. if he's a second overall pick. If he was drafted last in the draft, I don't give a shit. If you're going to contribute to the team, you can be here. If you're not, get the fuck out. You know, we, there's too many faceless people in this team, and Nolan Patrick <laughs> is just another body. And Dan the Flyer fan is tired
2: of it. Yeah, you I know, think they're – Go ahead, oh, sorry, man. Go ahead man. yes No, so no, you go. I, you know, I haven't really given a lot of thought into what they're going to do with it in the offseason, but I think – I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him on some sort of value contract, some sort of multi-year value deal. I don't know, th- three years, three three mil AAV or less than that, one point five something like that. Just so they have Sean A one C, Kevin Hayes, two C, and Patrick at three C for some period of time, whether that's the next one, two, three, four, five years or longer, and they are all set down the middle. I think that's kind of where. Better not be longer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope not, but um, oh, I can see them thinking, "Oh, yeah, we've got our our one C, two C, and three C yeah. all locked in here. Let's just do this. We can get them on the cheap for our three C. Let's just try that." Uh, so that's where I think they're going right now, if I had to uh, guess.
1: Yeah, if I had to put money on it, that's what I would assume they're doing too. They're gonna lock up Couture until the fucking end of time. They're gonna lock up Nolan Patrick like yeah. five years because they can get him nice and cheap and just have him till you know he, till he hits UFA. Yeah, like, that's probably what's going to happen here and is going to fucking piss me off, but we'll burn that bridge when we get to it, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not an NBA guy, but uh and I'm not in Philly, but the 76ers drafted a guy called Markel Fultz, didn't they? Yes. What oh. what, num- what what number <laughs> overall did what did they did they take him? First. Oh, T- talking to the wrong guy. And he ended here, up man. being a steaming pile of poo. Yes. Okay. And what is he, is he even playing now?
3: Uh, he it's backed the uh, last there. week at Giant.
0: Okay. So it, it doesn't always work out. And by the way, now we can call him a, an NHL journeyman, but Alex Galchenyuk was a third overall draft pick mm-hmm. and he made his living off of uh, playing with the uh, Niall Yakupov in, uh, in Sarnia in the OHL. And well, nobody really wants him. It's pretty sad. I mean, this is what happens to some of these guys. It's all about expectation, right? And I don't know what show I heard it on. I don't know if it was uh, Elliot Friedman on 31 Thoughts, but this is going to follow him. He's a second overall pick. The next team that he goes to, their fans are going to be like, this is a second overall pick. This is a guy that's going to play. And if he continues not to produce at that expected level, then he can expect to be moved on and maybe see his role decline even further and even further. And I mean, listen, in Philly, we, we remember Alexander Dague, former first overall pick, you know, the guy who was supposed to be the next coming of, you know, Mario Lemieux, And all of a sudden, he wanted to do TV sitcoms and movies, and he said, screw it. I don't even want to play hockey anymore. And he became like a lousy 30, 40-point-a-year guy. And again, that's a terrible outcome for a guy that was supposed to be like a Steve Iserman-type player. Mm -hmm. Pathetic. And it happens.
2: um,
3: Galchenyuk was line mates with uh, Yakubov. Yeah,
0: I did not know that.
3: I just learned something today.
0: Yeah, and is- where's Yakupov, by the way? Uh, I was going to ask the same uh, question. Who the he pumped my gas at Wawa in New Jersey uh, the other week. I think the Russians are using him for uh, testing vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> th-
3: you're up there in Canada where they actually talk about hockey more than here in the States. Uh, is there any, like, stigma around Galchenyuk and, like, poor work ethic? Or he just he had that one good 30-goal season and he just can't seem to
0: find it? I just don't think that teams want to put their faith in him anymore. I don't think he's got the work ethic. I don't think he applies himself. And he finds himself on the outside and and teams wanting to get rid of him. And, I mean, look, he went to Toronto in that trade. And Toronto just went, waivers. Yeah. Like, like, uh, I mean, and and he's not expected to sign anywhere either. Like, that's probably it with the situation of the cap right now. He's probably not signing unless it's, like, some team just... No, they, they thought they'd get rid of them, no?
3: Does Ottawa or Carolina have them now? Toronto has them now, don't they? No, 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 they fucked them off. Like, they acquired them, and then I think they moved them right away. They put them on waivers, I think. What? Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, it was one day, and they put them on waivers.
3: Hold on. Hold on that's the fucking google machine here while he pulls that up john scott on dropping the gloves was saying about gal like he got put on pittsburgh where you have many good players to play with and he still couldn't put up points so gal is probably this is it he'll, he'll be uh how many how many points is he gonna put up in the khl next year
1: on February 13, 2021, Galchenyuk, along with Cedric Paquette, was traded by the Senators to the Hurricanes in exchange for Ryan Zingle. The following day, Galchenyuk was placed on waivers by the Hurricanes upon clearing a uh, to join the AHL affiliate Chicago Wolves. On February 15, 2021, the same day, before he could join the Wolves, Galchenyuk was traded to the hurricane, uh, traded by the Hurricanes to the Maple Leafs in exchange for Korshkov and David Warf- Warshovsky. So he's still in Toronto. Oh, it was Carolina that flipped him to the waivers right away. Yes. And Yakupov is playing the KHL. He had one goal in seven points in 15 games this season. So he's not even doing good over there. Letterra had, like, well over a point per game pace. The word there, is, uh, are Putin,
0: there are guys that Putin put in jail that have more goals than that.
3: <laughs> if you beat uh, SK Petersburg, you go to jail.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <You have to laughs> they go to the cool homologues. <laughs> hmm. He was born in Milwaukee. I thought he was from like Belarus or something. He's American, baby. Did you hear how. Did
1: anybody hear JJ was pronouncing Belarus last night? He was talking about Maxim Shushko. He called, kept coming up, Belarusians. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about?
0: Maxim Shushko, he's a Belarusian. <laughs> what the fuck? Isn't it- yeah. By the way, do you know that that means white Russian? Mm. That sounds very. I could go for a white weird. Russian right about now. Not woke, but anyways, that's just.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, Yakupov.
3: Hmm.
2: They said Yakupov
3: had a horrible work ethic.
2: Yeah, probably. I, I mean, he was a failure. He's a total failure at the NHL level. Just well, I mean, if you're Edmonton, you know, you get what sixteen bites at the apple. So who cares? <laughs> yeah.
3: Sixteen bites at the apple. They have two. They, they do have the two best players in the league, and they still can barely put it together because that yeah. organization's a shit show.
0: <laughs> they should just merge them with Buffalo and just... They still might not make the playoffs. <laughs> the Buffalo Big David lavers. Dreisaitl and Eichel. They still suck. <laughs> and and uh, what's his name? Darlene. Yeah. No goaltender. Be Koskinen and uh, Allmark or something mm-hmm. in that. Hutton. Yeah. Yeah, Hutton. <laughs> put all three of them on. in that. Put all three of them in at the same time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, uh, deep thought there, Dan. so i want to bring up something what'd you guys think of the shootout last night
3: uh i was at work and i was able to watch overtime and then when i went to the shootout i didn't watch it i had to go take care of something and when i came back my partner's like yeah they uh they lost and like that's why i left
2: yeah it was it was pretty bad you know i was I was kind of pissed off about it because the Flyers seemed to lose all the time in shootouts. And I was kind of probing around before the show, and I found some pretty interesting stats you guys may want to hear. Uh, so, so the shootout started back in 05, 06, right? And the Flyers by far have the mm-hmm. worst winning percentage in shootout history of 35.7%. And that's not even near where Ottawa is. They're second worst at 41.8% win percentage. That is just horrible. They have their shooting percentage in shootouts is second worst at 26.8%. They also have the worst goaltending in shootout history at a 38.1% save percentage. And that's not even close to the second worst (laughs) team, which is Toronto, which is a full two percentage points better.
3: Wow. Remember how bad Bobrovsky and Brzezgalov both were at shootouts? Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> this is so bad. And So I'm thinking about them like, you know, they brought in like new coaches and stuff. There's been new management through this. So why are they still so bad? And everyone's saying, oh, well, it's inexplicable. It's just bad luck. Well, I actually think you can explain it fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And here's why. It's because the Flyers for the past 9 or 10 years have been obsessed with two-way players. That's all they want to get are guys that are two-way that really it's just one way. They have a commitment to defense and play offense second. That's really what that means. And you look at guys last night on the Rangers who just bury the shootout goals, high-end skill, Capo Caco and Panera. Just come in
1: come stone, heart yeah. cold on that Shoot right in, no yeah. question it was
2: in. And And shootouts are so important now. You have to have players that have high-end skill. And the Flyers... Really haven't valued guys that can put the puck in the net. Not even just one one of these
1: random depth guys that are good at that kind of shit. Every once in a while, there's some random guy. I can't think of the top of my head, but you'll see some guys that we go up and gives a shootout. It's like their fourth line winger is like 500 in shootouts, like straight, it's perfect. Like, how do you do that? Why don't the Flyers even try and get somebody like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is you have to have the high end skill guys. They don't have them on the team. They haven't had them on the team. That's why they've sucked in shootouts for the past decade. That's a lot of lost points.
3: Yeah. I, I put it out last night on Twitter. The Flyers, only only Carolina overall has less wins than the Flyers. I'm not counting Vegas. I think, am I right? Are they 50 and 90 in shootouts? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 total wins. It's, yeah. it's awful. I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, Mike, I don't know, how, I don't know if you're in your 30s as well. Yeah. But, all right, you got young Daniel over here. Um, when they brought <laughs> out the shootout, they had Forsberg and Gagne... But no goaltending and no other options. Then you had the 06, 07 year. They were terrible. Then you bring in the Mike Richards, Danny Briere era. Richards wasn't very good at shootouts. Neither was Carter. And again, no goaltending. I think it's been pretty much the story of it all. There's always bad goaltending and shootouts, right? Bob and Briz were terrible at the shootout. You knew they weren't winning.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Yakupov real quick. I, uh, the re- and Nick mentioned I was deep in thought because I'm looking up his jerseys. I can buy his second NHL jersey from a second NHL game for uh, $1,250. bucks.
3: do not you dare. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. I draw, look, I don't tell you what to do, but that's one you just, please don't. It's that's so tempting. No. Don't, don't, don't put that in your collection. You don't that's, need
0: it. That's some sage advice for Daniel-san. Yeah, yes, young Padawan.
3: <laughs> <laughs> don't get that he
1: Please. wore three jerseys I, on his NHL debut act- and this is his second jersey that he wore in the following game Ooh,
0: and, and the game after he was probably benched right probably <laughs> 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 i was actually at the first ever nhl shootout game no shit yeah it was the i was the first game i believe it was the home opener for the toronto maple leafs and i somehow got a, a buddy of my brother's my brother's uh who's a police officer um his friend who's actually now on the radio on rock radio here in toronto uh in the morning show and he actually got some tickets and he's like hey you guys want to go so we're like sure so we go it was it was leafs against the Sens, and ottawa won in the shootout and uh, i remember taking the subway on the way home uh, back to the park you know we parked uh, in the subway station took it in it goes right to the air then Air Canada Centre, now uh, Scotiabank Arena. I hate it when they change names. Um, and uh, see this well-dressed guy uh, walking down the subway. And it's the mayor of Toronto, David Miller, not the crack-smoking mayor. Okay? That was my
3: this, next question.
0: This befo- is the, the guy before the, the crack-smoking mayor. Um, <laughs> so trench coat, really well-dressed, and he's like man of the people, taking the subway. And he comes right up to us, and of course they've got leaf jerseys on and i refuse because i hate the Toronto police and um we're like oh my god it's david miller it's mayor miller and he goes so what do you guys think of the shootout and uh we're like ah yeah, it was all right it was pretty good i was like yeah it was pretty good and uh my the the radio guy goes oh this is uh my friend he's a he works for you he's a police officer for the city and he goes oh pleasure thank you for serving our city and then he goes and you sir and he goes and he shakes the other guy's hand and then he goes to shake my hand and then my brother goes oh he's a flyers fan and then the mayor just looked at me and just turned around and walked away i was like great not voting for you you jamoke vote miller vote miller vote miller
1: i can buy a yakubov jersey that he wore during his sophomore season for 700 bucks please god
3: Please, I will intercept that package.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a fair price, Dan? Like, do you like? I mean, like, I mean, you've seen players. Absolutely not. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's 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 about six hundred more than it's worth. Um, (laughs) If it was his rookie jersey, like the first one, yeah, maybe that's that's closer to the ballpark what it should be. But for just some random jersey
0: he wore, seven, absolutely not. Is your brother uh, older or younger, Manny? I've got two brothers, so one's older, one's younger. The officer. He's younger. <laughs> I'm going to let this awkward silence
3: hang a little no, bit. I'm just thinking about being a Toronto officer, but it's like... was Were tickets cheaper back then, or were they always 100 bucks for like...
0: 100 you know? <clears throat> No, they are more. Standing room is 100 bucks. Now? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, they've pretty much alienated like... Is that 100 American or
0: 100 Canadian? No, it's it's Canadian. Hmm. We can but, do that but, then. It's like but don't forget, beer, beer, beers are like 19 bucks each. So actually, oh. get a big one. It's like 22 or something.
3: Well, the, the uh, Maple Leafs, it's only been what? Air Canada Centre and Scotiabank? Yeah, Maple Leaf Gardens. That was the original building, right? Yeah. Well, the Flyers building has changed four times. That would drive you nuts. Core State Center, FU Center, Wachovia Center, Wells Fargo Center.
0: Yep. Always banks, too. The banks got all the money. Banks Banks got all the money.
1: (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about this Jack Eichel fellow. His name uh, popped back up in the rumor mill, which is always a good time to plug my piece where I suggest we trade Sean Couturier for him, and then hundreds of fucking people in my mentions getting angry at me because I suggested they trade Sean Couturier, uh, which is never not funny. But, uh. Yeah. I. I. It's a very hard thing to talk about, because where do you even start value-wise for somebody like Jay Geichel? Realistically, if you're Kevin Adams, you have two options, right? You trade him and get a whole bunch of veteran pieces that you can win now. No more bullshit. Let's compete and make things happen, right? Two or three pieces that you can build around. Or you tear it all down again, get you know a whole bunch of good prospects that you can build around go into a mini rebuild with that you know maybe trade another top guy or two you know and then try it again right those are your options and in that that scenario the flyers can meet the first one because you got sean couturier and beyond that they really don't have any choice if they're going prospects you know even if they were to package their top three prospects together which is what frost york and probably zamula at this point You know, they'd probably tell him to fuck off because nobody knows who the fuck Morgan Frost is besides Flyers fans who are riding cock too hard. But I I, I found it very interesting that people in my mentions pointed out to me that the Sabres would not want Sean Couturier because he's older and is going to be doing a contract that's very expensive. Yet whenever I suggest we get rid of Sean Couturier, (laughs) they don't want to keep him. They want to keep him no matter whatever the cost. So there was some kind of uh, ultimate irony there. Quite a few people mentioned that as well. That's why I brought that up. I thought that was funny. Um, The the, the irony of of the Sean Couturier fans. But I don't know. We had uh, Rick Carpaniello on the Rangers guy a few weeks back. And he said that if somebody like Jack Eichel, specifically mentioning my name, would ever be available, the Rangers would be all over him. And I I think those would be good dance partners because the Rangers have so much actual young talent on that team. Um... That they can afford to move one or two of them, if it means getting a legit superstar center. Um, but yeah, I, I I would wonder what the Flyers would do in that scenario. What a realistic trade would look like. I've tried my best to name trades, and of course, people go, well, "How about uh, Frost, Kasha, and a third? And it's like, no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> you know, like that's not even an NHL twenty trade. You know, that's just stupid. But. Um, Yeah, what say you about a potential Jack Eichel to the Flyers trade?
0: Uh, Manny, we'll
1: start with you, why not?
0: Uh, It it won't happen. (laughs) It's just that simple because the asking price is going to be astronomical, and this fan base will just cower in the shower, with the cold water on, just shivering. Uh, Konechny, no, we can't trade Travis Konechny. <laughs> no, he, made, he chirps people. Um, It just won't happen. I just don't see how it happens. It's going to take a, I mean, listen, it's going to be a lot more than Sean Couturier. Oh, yeah. It's going to be somebody Couturier, told me the other
1: day they Konechny. can't trade Travis Konechny because he is a two way guy of his agitator and a point scorer. I almost fell out of my chair laughing so hard when I heard the word that he's an agitator.
0: He agitates the shit out of me, but beyond that, I don't know what the fuck is agitating. I don't want to hear anything about his 5v5 <laughs> scoring being better than Patrick Kane and David Pasternak ever again. Ever because you know what Patrick Kane is the reason that that Blackhawks are sniffing the playoffs right now. That guy is unbelievable. Other than Crosby and Ovechkin, who's the best guy in the last 15 years. It's Patrick Kane hands down. I don't even so, think it's close.
3: Totally agree.
1: Sam Moran's up there, but it's beside the point.
2: <laughs> I think with, with an Eichel framework and it's so attractive for the flyers and Very exciting for us because we get to see something new potentially. Um, It's going to first take what Buffalo wants to do. And, Dan, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, is that it depends what direction they want to go in. And I think they may actually choose that veteran direction rather than a total rebuild again. Because the problem is they did this rebuild and they have all this high-end skill on the team, but their culture remains shit. They never had the right kind of winning culture, winning caliber players in there that you need as a foundation to then integrate your young talent in with. You can't just start with nothing, with with a shit culture, kind of like Edmonton has as well. Um, So I can see Buffalo potentially going in that direction and saying, look, we can't just tear it down again. We're going to have to get some solid vets in here and multiple of them so we can start at least competing, being a playoff bubble team, which the Flyers are great at doing. So why don't they take some of our players to do that? And, in fact, I would, I would certainly offer up um, Sean Couturier. I would pretty much give them whatever they wanted, sans probably Carter Hart and Ivan Provorov. Yep, yep. I mean, I would give them Coots. I would I would give them, I don't know, Jake. I would give him. I would consider Giroux. I would consider, like, a Travis Sanheim. I would consider a package to get guys out because the Flyers need to build with Eichel, Provorov, and Hart. If you have those three guys – as your core pieces, I think you can build around that. And the Flyers have enough momentum as organization. Winning culture is already here. Uh, I think that would make sense. That said, it's all going to start with Buffalo. And that's why I think the Flyers might be a better trade partner for Buffalo as compared to a team like the Rangers, because Buffalo would just be bringing in more more young players into a losing culture if they brought in guys like Capo Caco or Lafreniere or you know anything like that. Uh, so... I think the Flyers could be in play here, but, you know, it's going to take the organization to make that decision. It's going to take Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott saying, look, we want to transition this team into a new era. This is how we're going to do it. Um, I would certainly do it. As I've said before, I'm sick of seeing this team. I've seen the same guys for so damn long. I don't even care if we get worse. I just want something different.
3: I uh, Dan and I talked about this a lot over the summer when we really didn't have anything to talk about. Um just like what you said, Mike, unless their last name is uh, Hart or Provrov, goodbye. I'm not attached to anybody. This has been a mediocre snooze fest for the last 10 years. They haven't made the playoffs back-to-back years since 11 and 12. It's been a first-round exit, missing the playoffs, or you have the COVID bubble. That's that, That's what you have. So why would you – if Jeff, Jack Eichel, on most teams in this league, if he gets traded to that team, he's the best player on that team.
1: Yeah.
3: So, especially the Flyers. We're talking the Flyers. If he, if Jack Eichel magically becomes a Flyer, he's the best player on the team, and people want to cling to the prospects. They're untouchable. I would get they rid of want to click
1: everybody, not just everybody. Prospect, the prospects. That's a fucking problem. Whether it be JVR or Morgan Frost or Michael Roffel or Travis Sandheim or fucking Brian Elliott of all people. Like they want everybody. And mm. I don't understand it in the slightest. Why the fuck they don't want to move on from anybody. They mm. want to ride or die with this unit. That's it. If they don't win, tough shit, at least we did it with this group of players. What the As fuck! They get their
3: asses kicked like, every
1: game. How these? There's no way these people grew up Flyers fans. There's no yeah. way. When the fuck was this mentality ever a thing? Remember in the mid two thousands when everybody would play twenty games here before they got dealt. You know, mm-hmm. like nobody was here for long periods of time with the exception of like Simone Gagne. You know? mm-hmm. like now everybody's been here a decade. This whole goddamn team's been together for how many years now? And yet, we still want to see it for fucking whatever reason. Oh, it drives me nuts.
3: If you acquire Jack <laughs> Eichel, the window gets opened a little wider because he's younger than yes. uh, Couturier. Um, you're not going to have Eichel's under contract for a while. You're going to have to worry about paying him a raise anytime soon. So, why would you not want to open your window a little more? Dan, you always bring up the Blues. Do the Blues wish they had Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee, or do they, or they wish they had that Stanley Cup? Because you have to move on from prospects and picks if you want to make some splashes every now and again. You're not going to keep drafting A-plus guys except for the Flyers. Apparently, the Flyers have nothing but A-plus players. But honestly, you're not going to add on A-plus players unless you occasionally part ways with a Couturier, with a Frost, with a First, with a Sanheim. It's not always, as Mikey D says, Hag in a third. You have to break your heart a little bit and get rid of players to get
1: all-stars. Anthony and I brought it up before. Like, the Chris Pronger trade. Can you imagine if that happened today? Mm -hmm. They traded their top prospects to get a legitimate number one defenseman. People would lose their goddamn minds. No matter how good Chris Pronger was on the team, it didn't matter. The fact that they would have lost Lucas Pisa, people would have been fucking crying tears, right? It's just like, it's insane. It's an insane concept to me. Riding or dying with players versus wanting to win games. I just... Why keep trying to shove the same square peg in the fucking round hole for ten years in a row? Rather than going, hey, why don't we go out and find somebody that's young? That can fit in your window with the rest of your players. Proverov is the same age. Carter Hart's a little younger. Like, they're all... These guys... This core doesn't work with the current players. And this is something in there I've talked about as well. Like, you're... Core of Giroux, Voracek, JVR, like they're so goddamn old. Sean Couturier, and you have all whatever talent you do have here, young wise. You know they're going to be around for a long time. Let's see. Provorov is twenty four. Stanheim is twenty four. Fuck Travis Stanheim. Phil Myers is twenty four. Carter Hart's twenty two. Meanwhile, you have Giroux is thirty three. Kevin Hayes is twenty eight. JVR is thirty one. Sean Couturier is already twenty eight. You uh, know, like that doesn't equate well. You know, as far as your time frame. Your window right now is open as long as Giroux doesn't completely fall off a cliff. The second that happens, be it next year or three years from now, it's over. Because you have nobody that can replace Giroux. Nobody. And then what do you do? We sign Sean Couturier at the end of next summer for eight years but eight million? Oh, but we can't get rid of JVR at the fucking expansion draft because he's playing good for the first time in three fucking years? So now we can have J- JVR at seven million for two years. After that, Sean Couturier locked up till he's fucking half dead. Kevin Hayes is here till the end of time. You're undoubtedly going to resign Drew. It's just going to be the same fucking people.
0: Why? I'll play devil's advocate here. Sure, I know man. what I know. What you guys are all saying about how um, anybody but Provorov or heart and you can trade them. That's from the Flyers' perspective, and I agree with that. However, if I'm Buffalo, I'm not even entertaining any deal unless it involves a Hart or a Provrov because, truth be told, Jack Eichel is worth more than both of those guys. Yeah, that's true. He is. And If I, they I throw on Mr. Delano, right now, I will take fucking...
1: They can have Provrov. <laughs> I want somebody who hits.
0: You know, so unless that happens, I, I mean, they're going to laugh. And the, re- the thing with the Rangers is they have... Young, intriguing pieces that can offset the Eichel trade-off. They, I mean, listen, Lafreniere only has one one goal, I think, this year. Yep. Still one more than Jeff Skinner, by the way. Um, but I don't see why they wouldn't do something like that. Include Lafreniere and, you know, maybe a KeAndre Miller and and a pick and, and something else. You know, why not? Why wouldn't they include a Capo Caco? In, in that deal, they they can play
1: with house money and lose quite a few of those guys and be just fine at the end of the day. And that's the thing about the Rangers that, you know, uh, Carpiniello talked on as well. Like, you can lose Lafreniere and Miller, and you still got, you know, a solid defense back there with Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, and then you got, you know, <laughs> you know Cabo Caco and Kreider and Zabinijad. Like, the, the fucking Panarin's locked in, you know, forever. Like, they can afford to lose a whole bunch of prospects that theoretically are going to be very good for
0: Jack Eichel, whereas the Flyers don't have anybody like that. If, even yeah. if the Rangers were to go, we'll give you zabinajad and Kako
2: or yeah. Zabinajad and Lafreniere.
0: That alone is more than anything the Flyers could match.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. And they have a GM. I mean, The Rangers have a GM who's not afraid of anything either. Yeah. You know, he's not – Jeff Gordon is not going to sit back and wait for shit like, like the Flyers have done. That guy that guy makes shit happen. So, yeah, I mean, he has the mentality to deal with the F- Flyers. So with Hextall, there's no way in hell they would even think about it. You'd probably get fired for even mentioning it in a meeting room under him. But uh, with, with Fletcher, I don't know. I don't know if Fletcher is, is too conservative to even entertain an idea like that. He's, he may be fine with status quo. I don't know. I haven't seen him really make any shakeups at all yet. We haven't seen him really do much. He had a pretty good offseason two years ago, did nothing last year and team looks exactly the same. So, you know, I guess that remains to be seen. Flyers puck
0: sauce is Chuck Fletcher's burner account. He sits there and he just goes, JVR, I can't trade J- You know that JVR has more goals in the last two years than so-and-so than Patrick Liney does in the last two years?
2: Are you crazy, guys? One thing that I actually – one thing that I did like about Chuck Fletcher, and this was I, – I ran into him once. Uh, this was like a few months after he started. I was at the Wells Fargo Center for a game, and I was taking an elevator up um, – inside the Wells Fargo center. And he was in the same elevator as me. And I had like that 30 seconds. Like it was just like me and him. And I was like, Oh, Hey Chuck, you know, welcome to Philly. And he said, Oh yeah. You know, thanks. 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 I was like, Hey, you're doing a great job so far. Because at that point he had like, he had cut like Dale Weiss and like, Laterra and shit and got rid of them.
1: Uh, and, he's like, and he's like, what are you no. talking about? I have not done anything. Name? David huh? schlemko That's who it was. Schlemko was the other one he got rid of.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I was, and he was like, he's like, I have really done anything yet. I'm like, no, trust me, you've done something. So, <laughs> <laughs> just getting rid of that dead weight was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Somebody's doing something finally. And like, that's just so pathetic our expectations have been. <laughs>
1: yeah. What about Crosby? He's on the rumor mill now. They can pick him up. Oh my goodness.
2: Uh, yeah, not happening. (laughs) You think Hexel's going to trade him to Flyers now? (laughs) Hey,
1: he'll... Ron Hextile would trade Crosby to the Flyers. It means he can get J. O'Brien back. And Frost, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) J. O'Brien and Frost, and you can have Crosby. (laughs) Deal, Hexy. Thanks! (laughs) I don't think
2: we've been on yet. I know, Dan, you have maybe had a uh, show or two. Oh, yeah, I've had a field day with this one. If you guys haven't talked about it yet. yet, feel free. Yeah, Manny. What are your initial thoughts on the on the whole Hextall uh, and Brian Burke there? Uh, I feel like
0: I I hate it because Hextall is a flyer. Like love him, hate him. He was hate a him. player. He was a flyer. As a GM, I know that there's you know some things left to be desired. I wasn't born he when was, he was a flyer. He was he was our guy. And, and the what? Flyers and the Pens seeming to be playing um, revenge cheating with each other. Like, it's Mark Reckie it, who switches sides. And mm-hmm. it's Rick Tockett and he switches sides. And then we took Yager from Pittsburgh. And now they're like, oh, yeah? Well, mm, we're going to take Hextall from you. <laughs> like, who's next? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, what now? Like, Claude Giroux is going to, like, now, you know, switch sides and, and go to the other side now or Carter Hart. But um, I love how... Twitter. i was born when he was a flyer He left in 99 all right i was three anyway continue on <laughs> the reaction of flyers twitter is either well who cares it's going to be a 10-year rebuild um or it's going to be he's going to draft well which is what he should be doing there he should be drafting the thing with uh i i think it's a great dynamic between him and brian burke because that's the difference we didn't have a brian burke guy they now do. Brian Burke is going to be the conscience of that team. Hey Ron, long enough, man. It's go time. Let's go. Make that deal. Make those deals. He is going to report right to the ownership. Hextall's going to have full reign to do what he wants. But the way that Brian Burke explained it in some interviews that I said is, he's like, it's don't think of it as a, you know, one person has power over the other. It's called when something happens. The person's going to pick up the phone and call the other person and say, this is what's going to happen. Are you good? Yes or no? And if it's yes, then all right. It's, it's a, he called it a, what do they call it? A partnership. Mm. And that's kind of the interesting thing when I heard you and uh, Anthony DeMarco talking about the structure. And I had thought about that when the Hextall thing kind of broke, I'm like the flyers it's it's Chuck is, is the GM and the president. He doesn't have to answer to anybody except Dave Scott and dave scott is sitting in his comcast castle and you know what as long as the flyers you know make you know four pennies of profit awesome everything's fine uh, otherwise i want money and if the flyers lose money then he's in trouble um you know you're not going to have a situation where fans are screaming for a month saying fire hackstall uh chanting it at every home game and this guy just goes out saying He's my guy, and you know what? We're going through a rough stretch, and don't worry. We're going to work our way out. We, I believe in these players. Brian Burke's not going to have that. He's going to say, no, you're firing him, and that's it. End of story. It's done. Get off your ass. Do something. And that's the thing that's missing. And and Brian Burke said on um, on CBC, he goes, you know, every I had GMs calling me saying, why did you take that job? Like that's a loser job to take because you're you gotta blow it up, you gotta rebuild the windows closed, they're done. They've got no first round pick this year. So even if they miss the playoffs, it doesn't matter. They're not getting anything out of it. They could win a lottery and not get anybody because they they just got nothing. So he's like, I don't care. That's the challenge. And they, these guys obviously took that challenge because how do you even lose in the situation? You're still got Crosby. Who's still an uh, you know an awesome player to have at your disposal at your disposal, and really, I mean, where's the pressure? I mean, you don't win; it's expected. This this is the natural trajectory. If they do win, then they're geniuses, right? That's that's the that's the way that it's gonna go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I think the I like the fact that they brought in uh, Burke as well, but I think. I think that relationship is going to end after a year. I don't think the two can coexist. I think Mm -hmm. that Ron is is as stubborn as you're going to get, and so is Burke. And they have two totally different philosophies. If somehow they're able to mesh those philosophies, I think it can work. I just don't see it happening. And I I think maybe in Philly, Holmgren... Holmgren was the Burke here. The problem was they let Hexie get a little too out of control. They let him kind of do stuff a little bit too far. And then when push came to shove, and I personally think it had to do with the Joel Quinville situation and and Dave Scott going, hey, this is awesome. We got this great coach to replace this jackass that sucks here. And Hexstall saying, no, this guy's great. We're keeping him forever. And then you're seeing the heads butt there. And then everything kind of flowed out from there as Hextall being a bad communicator and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I don't miss Ron at all here. You know, I really liked him. In fact, I really got into becoming a season ticket holder with the Flyers because Hextall was back in the organization's front office because I was so obsessed with him. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be great. He was in L.A., did a great job there. He's going to rebuild. It's going to be awesome. And then in, I don't know, maybe 2017 or so, the tide started to change. And now I just can't stand the guy. I mean, I have no sense of nostalgia for him whatsoever, except for his time as a goalie with the Flyers in the 80s, not in the 90s, and everything else. I mean, he sucked as a goalie with the Flyers in the 90s, and here he made me hate the team here by the time he was gone. So I have no sense of nostalgia, no missing him at all, good riddance. Um, You know, I don't even like the guy. I thought he was an asshole to us during season ticket holder meetings too, so fuck him. <laughs> you're not the
3: first person to say that. <laughs> who else said that, uh, Dan? Someone else said it to us that like at there's season ticket things, uh that Hextal is a jerk off. Forget who it was.
2: He's not very engaging. I mean, he got up there and it felt like, you know, you're you know, you're watching like a, I don't know, a brick wall with a mouth on it try to talk to you about some bullshit. And it just was not it was not the kind of thing that you expect as an engaging flyers, you know, you're not in this cult.
1: You're trying to get real answers there. And he's trying to force feed you the Kool-Aid into his, you know, I don't want to trade a draft pick for a 35 year old. Ah, that quote will live in infamy for my fucking brain for the rest of time. Did they serve
2: pizza there? (laughs) (laughs) They had, uh, I think, well, there's a couple of them that I went to. They would have like, you go in, and like the and obviously there's no event going on really, but the concourses are all open and they have like a bunch of tables set up with like food and whatnot. You go get your food and win, you know, take it to your seat and listen to them talk horse shit. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm glad he's gone, and fuck him.
3: <laughs> his time as a GM tainted his Flyers player career, if you ask me.
2: Uh, that's a good point, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I mean did for me. I I was expecting so much more, so much more when he was here. And then you know, the guy, obviously, he's pissed off he gets fired and he holds that press conference at, like, the Radisson Inn or whatever, like, across the street in Jersey from Voorhees the next day so we can explain his side of the story. I thought that was hilarious. I've, like, mm-hmm. never seen that because, you know, you see Hexaw with the Flyers logo behind him and stuff doing all the press conferences. Then all of a sudden, a fucking, like, I don't know, like, a, <laughs> Radisson, a like, double tree with this shitty podium and, like, Sam Carchez <laughs> there asking him about why he got fired. It's just absolutely hysterical.
1: He's at the well, I Four mean, Seasons Garden Center back then.
0: Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, listen, everybody can uh, talk all they want on Twitter about Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. The real interesting guy is going to be Sidney, uh-huh. because the first call that these both of these guys make is to Sidney Crosby, and ultimately they're going to sit down with him and say, "What do you want?" What do you want us to do? If you want to stick it out here and finish your career as a Pittsburgh Penguin and go down in the Pantheon with, you know, uh, Lemieux and Yager and you as like the three faces of the franchise, then that's what we'll do. And if, if you want to just start selling off pieces, then we'll get on the phone and we'll, we'll trade Malkin. We'll trade Letang. Uh, we'll, get, we'll start retooling and rebuilding if that's what you want to do, if you're willing to stick it out. And if you don't want to, then you tell us, and, and we'll act accordingly. C- Sidney Crosby
2: is, for all intents and purposes, the GM right now. Mm-hmm. Ball's <laughs> yeah. in his court. And I agree with that, May. And that's a great point because he is such a unique and exceptional player and has won so much. I would agree with that approach that he deserves that level of deference. I would agree with that. Then you flip the tables over to the Flyers, but the Flyers give that level of deference to guys like Matt Reed and Michael Roffle and all that shit <laughs> who've been here for seven, eight, nine years. You know, like those guys, Scott Lawton will be here for seven years. I mean, those guys are treated like Crosby here. So like that just kind of shows you the difference between the organizational philosophies.
0: <laughs> well, then we can bring people back. Uh, let's, let's bring Yuri Laterra back as the power play coach. We'll fire Tarion, and then he'll be giving... Don't worry, don't worry. he will undoubtedly be better than Tarion. I it, would take It's, sm- it's smelling a salts, I swear. Here, <laughs> bag of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Smell it. Get out there and start wandering around on the power play.
3: Okay, boys. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, the nose is bleeding. The nose is bleeding. It was a high stick. It a, it's, it's called the a...
2: deviated septum. <laughs> God, like there's a part of me that would like to see... Somebody come in and just try to dive bomb the flyers. Just bring in the worst fucking players you could possibly bring in and just see what happens.
1: So I think what you can do the takeaways from this is that the Flyers will get both Katuri and Eichel for Morgan Frost on a third.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that's the obvious conclusion after that. Yeah. What
0: are what are your thoughts about the outdoor game? Have they have they moved it yet to the Mayo Clinic? The
1: backdrop is very pretty. From all the pictures I was seeing on Instagram today, it looked great. That Um, it does. I can't say I'm excited for it. As a fan, I don't care. It's just another game these days. But, uh, yeah, it looks pretty. So it'll be fun to watch on TV, I'm sure
0: how bad do you think that the NHL feels about it? Because I, I'm not hearing too much traction about it. Not that much excitement about it. And ultimately you want a competitive game, a good game to showcase what your sport the is. Bruins and have been, the
1: Bruins have been kicking the shit out of the flyers all season long when they're at full strength. And now they get to go against the phantoms roster. This is going to be a fucking bloodbath.
2: Right. Well, they have built-in excuses, so, you know, they're fine. So it's, it's playing with house money. They don't, it'll, it'll yeah, have yeah. to win. What the Flyers love most
1: is built-in excuses. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, Kutz was injured. Other players hurt with COVID. You have to wait for other players to develop. Um, uh, What else is there? We have to wait for Patrick and Lindblom to come back and recalibrate. Still early in the season. Uh, What else? I had all this stuff written down, actually, because it's been going to my fucking mind so much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Carter Hart's not playing well. Carter Hart's not at his best. Their record has to be totally lopsided. For us to do anything. So we can't even think about critiquing them until the record is lopsided. So don't even think about that. Uh flat cap makes it impossible. And don't forget we have an expansion draft coming up, guys. We can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. And we lost Pitlick in the offseason. And
0: Niskanen yeah. retired. Yeah. Oh yeah, Niskanen retired. Oh. And Robert God. Haig is the puck.
3: Just go to Puck Sauce's page and he'll he'll have all the excuses. Aka yeah.
0: Chuck Fletcher, yeah. burner count.
2: It's just, it's just like, man, I need to get like a whiteboard in my room or something and just number these things. Cause we're probably at like, you know, five thousand and ten at this point. It'd be like a goddamn
1: <laughs> just... CSI board with the red strings everywhere. <laughs> <and> the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's just, uh, it's it's just mind boggling to me. Like at this point, you know, I have, I'm I'm usually very patient with. With most players, like when you have like a new player come on to the team, whether it be a veteran or even a younger player, I usually give them like a few year window. But after like year three or four with the team, I start to come down really hard on them if they're yes. not producing. And at this point, you go through this Flyers roster, you have most of the team is well past that at this point. Yes. So that's why I'm so hard on these guys most of the time.
1: The the Sanhimes and Kaneknes of the world that have been here for like four and five years. It's like, all right, I don't want to hear potential anymore. It's time to start seeing some, you know, real action. Oh and, and that's why I have no sympathy for the, either one of those two. Really, it's like they're in their mid twenties now. It's time to start, you know, seeing some action here. And and, and but no, potential, no. Daniel. They got potential. You can't question them.
3: He was on pace for thirty goals, you asshole. <laughs>
2: One goal in 22 playoff games doesn't matter. And Zero I also, and 17 in the bubble didn't matter. He was going to put up 53
3: goals last year. Didn't you know that?
2: I also love like that Claude Giroux. Even before COVID, was on pace for like four goals this season, and nobody really cared. Like <laughs> it was like, dude, like. If this was a regular season, he's on pace for like eleven or something, or like sixteen. Like that's pretty fucking bad. Like, I'm just glad he on. didn't
1: suck as bad as it did last year. At least he was kind of playing better from a hockey yeah. perspective. He was just, yeah, he was mean, just dog was shit good. last year. Now he was—he's more like poodle shit now. It's just a little or
0: poof. But yep. uh, well, yeah. speaking of Claude Giroux. And all the COVID tests and all that. I've, I've got a top five list. Oh, boy. Yes. I was hoping oh. you had a list man. Hell yes. I, I wrote it literally an hour before uh, getting, nice. getting uh, up on board here. So this is due to the positive COVID tests plaguing the Flyers. This week's top five are the top five other tests that are Flyers related. So here we go. Uh, number five. Claude Giroux and the pregnancy test. So congratulations to the Giroux family um, for announcing that they will have another baby boy. Congratulations. That's awesome news. That's the only positive one, okay? Let's not get excited. Uh, Number four, the Rorschach inkblot test, which is basically the heat maps that ineffective math posts on Twitter all the time. That's what that reminds me of. Um, number three, the general aptitude test, which basically 85% of flyers' Twitter will fail miserably at.
3: <laughs> Careful, Manny, you're gonna send
0: well, a lot of people, then they'll get well, them. But go ahead, that's uh, true. It's a uh, well, I didn't say who you're right, I didn't say who I'm um, sorry, figure it
1: out. Don't worry. Number
0: <laughs> number number two, uh, this one is is for Mike. Okay, Mike, just for you, Mike, for Mike only. Did you know that uh, Travis Konechny almost went to law school? What? No. Yeah, well, it turns out that A V uh proctored his LSAT test because he's <laughs> sad him. Like cause he's a bum. Oh, he <laughs> Yes, uh, so good. <laughs> and the number one test that is Flyers uh, related, but not really, uh, a colonoscopy. Because uh, I I've never had one, but I imagine that that's the feeling that I get when I see Eric Gustafson handling the puck in the defensive zone. I'm yeah. kind of clenching, like, Ooh, what's <laughs> happening there? I don't know
2: what's happening. Don't
0: the whole, give it away. The whole Flyers brand
3: is a fucking <laughs> sandpaper <Yeah>. colonoscopy. <laughs> You can add colonoscopy. Colonoscopy to the name. Five things you'd rather do than watch a Flyers game.
2: Ouch. (laughs) At least you get drugged up beforehand. Yeah. Well, they better have a good showing in Tahoe. I I think Av had some interesting quote where he was kind of like admitting, like he knows that they're probably going to get crushed, but he's like, "We're going to try real hard." (laughs) (laughs) Okay, man. I, I hope so. <laughs> like, Don't I'm worry, they have watching... Matt
1: Strom on the taxi squad now, so they'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I put him in. He just had a score, right? He can't move, but he can score. That's true. Yeah. He'd fit right in.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. going to be a great flyer in 10 years from now once they're done developing. And you know what
0: would be really ironic and so awesome? If Konechny ends up getting traded to the Blue Jackets for Lion-A, and in the first game, Tortorella... Sits him right on the bench in the third <laughs> period and says, "Dude, you are not giving the effort out there." Staples his ass to the bench. That would just be a, three for three. Dubois, Line, Connecty, boom. Is Connecty one of the sick people right now? Yes.
3: Mm. Yes. I couldn't yeah. tell.
0: I don't think no, he's making right.
3: You should make a joke to see people take you seriously with the uh, because you have way more followers than me. You should go, man. Connecty's invisible out here today. I think Bobby <laughs> said something <laughs> like that.
2: Where's uh, Giroux?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, his play is asymptomatic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's sick, you asshole.
1: <laughs> How did the Flyers even get sick? If Sanheim never actually had it, where the fuck did this come from? The Devils. Always New yeah, like, Jersey. It just it just happened. It started with Sanheim, but apparently he never actually had it, and the whole team got it afterwards just because they exist.
2: Is a little strange, yeah. I thought, People I thought when I found
1: like out he didn't actually have it, I'm like, what the fuck happened then? Like, it, it, he was the first domino that fell, so like they, they must have had it, and it just so happened to be him that just got tested first or something. and Did he
3: test negative, or was he just asymptomatic?
1: I don't think he ever he test- actually had it. I, I think AV said that he never had it, never was actually sick,
3: but they played the devil. Somebody's then.
1: asymptomatic was it Braun or something that's asymptomatic, yes, or somebody, yeah. Yes.
3: But Jake. they played the Devils and then it came out like the next day that someone was positive on the Devils, correct? Zayjack had it. Yeah. So I guarantee you someone on the Devils was patient zero for the Flyers. Oh, probably, because it happened
1: in Buffalo too. But
3: And they're from New Jersey and New Jersey sucks. True. True. True statement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody to fight back on it this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Alright, everybody I guess we'll call tonight and not really I want to talk about and uh be back I know for sure on Wednesday Anthony's got somebody coming on I don't remember the fuck what his name was some wacky name um but yeah I'll be Wednesday I'll never do anything before that maybe maybe not I'll have to wait and see what the fuck's going on but uh at day the flyer van at brotherly puck at brotherly underscore Pod, at heart count unders- uh how Jesus heart count down underscore. Provided he ever gets a win again, uh, yeah, that's all mine, Manny.
0: At Manny Benavidez, B-E-N-E-V-I-D-E-S, and as always, brotherlypuck.com. Uh, gonna have something coming out hopefully next week. Uh, the UFA class, anybody good? Anybody not so good? We know the Flyers aren't going to be signing any of them because, of course, we've, <laughs> our team's perfect. Uh, but obviously, Jesus. Dougie Hamilton is the uh, is the big prize. Because we're not going to get Hall or anybody like Did that. Did you
1: so. hear he wants to re-sign in Buffalo? That guy's out of his goddamn mind. That rumor came he out won't. today that he's interested in going back to Buffalo. Why the fuck would you voluntarily go back to Buffalo, especially if
3: Eichel wants out? What the fuck? Probably his agent. Like, oh, you're going to sign in Buffalo? No, 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 we'll pay you more than what Buffalo is going to
2: <laughs> Yeah. Mike. At flyer underscore AF.
3: Nick. I don't produce anything for your websites, but you can follow me on Twitter. Nope. at Forza Don't Inter. produce anything for these shows either. No, I just show up. <laughs> at Forza Inter 215. You can send good vibes my way this weekend because Inter plays their biggest rival this Sunday.
0: Oh, AC Milan? the
3: Derbe di Milano this Sunday.
0: Yeah, who's Alexander Pato just signed for MLS. That's the, uh, the league for uh, players that are way past their prime or players
3: that can't cut it in Europe. Yeah, the senior tour.
1: Yes. yes. What the fuck are any of you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Tell them we get more soccer talker. I don't need that shit. Until next time. Yes. Goodbye and good night. I can't hit the pause button. Where is it? There it is.